big day in the NBA. Wow. Trade after trade after trade. We're going to talk a little bit about all the trades that have happened, including Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. We got Russell Westbrook out of the Lakers organization, Kyrie to the Mavericks. It has been a busy week. We had LeBron James break uh, the all-time scoring record in the NBA. He now replaces Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time scorer. Uh, watched it live. It was historic. Cra- uh, crowd was full of celebrities, superstars. They were all there. They were all there to see uh, LeBron James pass Kareem. Kareem was there. He looked, you know... Not that enthused to be there, I think, personally. I, Him and LeBron have reportedly not had the greatest relationship. I don't know how true that is. But, you know, props to LeBron. It was definitely greatness on display. They ended up losing the game. But all in all, I, I don't blame them for the loss. It was more of a historic night. Now I think they can focus on winning, especially now that Russell Westbrook is gone. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to start with the LeBron James-MJ GOAT debate. Because that has been making the waves, uh, to say the least, throughout the sports media world and talk shows. Okay, now that he did this, is he the greatest? See... We like to hold on to things. We like to hold on to memories. And so you hold on to this memory um, and you romanticize it. And you you create something in your head that just wasn't true. Uh, But both things can be true. So I'm going to break this down. So we have we have two groups here. We have Jordan uh, fans, and we got LeBron fans. And they have been going back and forth since this, you know, since LeBron came into the league at 2003, barely 18, started winning games right away, setting records, getting wearing number 23, uh, having chosen tattooed on on himself and pretty much going about it as I am the greatest. So we have that group. We have that group of fans that love LeBron, been following his career. I grew up watching LeBron, so he was more in my generation. Then we have the Jordan fans. And the funny thing is about Jordan fans is a lot of people jump on the Jordan train. Even younger people jump on and say he's the GOAT. And they do it more so out of hate for LeBron and what LeBron brings and the greatness he brings. Uh, Not appreciative of watching uh, greatness happen. Um, But there's two groups, bottom line. One group loves Jordan, one group loves LeBron. That Michael Jordan's group says he's the GOAT, LeBron James's group says he's the GOAT. But it's a little different than football. But, you know, not really. I, it's different, but in a different way. So, we, we say Tom Brady is the GOAT. Okay, he is the GOAT of my generation. So when I say he's the GOAT, he's the GOAT of my generation. To a lot of people from the 60s, they're going to say, you know, oh, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, these guys, they're the GOATs. We saw them do it. You know, they, they Tom Brady can't hold a candle to what the talent-wise, you know, but that's their generation. That's their perspective. So even though football is similar, it plays out a little different. Uh, you can have more conversations, I believe, about who's the greatest in football. But with basketball, it's very interesting. Because this debate has been going on for so long, and you have these groups of people who are adamant this guy is the GOAT. You know, LeBron doesn't have that killer instinct like Michael had. The mindset that Michael had, the uh, the dominance that Michael had. He just, He's not a closer. So 
you have all these things playing into it. But I think it's more about generation. We never talk about that. Okay, we're going to talk about rings for Michael. Okay, Michael has six. Six of six in the finals. That's amazing. But doesn't Bill Russell have like 11? <laughs> so wouldn't that make him the GOAT? Really? So we, we got to take the ring debate out of it. So you can, you can eliminate the ring debate. Okay, well, you know, all-time scoring records, defensive players, he outnumbers LeBron in those awards. Okay, well, statistically wise, LeBron's the all-time leading scorer now in the NBA. So what does that count for? You know, and he's been to 10 finals. So what are we... There's little pointless debates like this that go on where you could just go back and forth and back and forth. I believe there are different goats of different eras. I don't think anyone's wrong in this debate. I think there are a lot of people who have Michael Jordan as the goat, and that's great. The majority of those people saw him play and are now in the sports media projecting what they believe onto everyone else. So I like to think, I never got to see Michael Jordan play. I've seen LeBron play. That's why, to me, he's the GOAT. But I can respect that Michael Jordan is the GOAT back in that generation of that era of basketball. And these guys, when you mention them in the conversation, you notice they always laugh and they don't say too much. They kind of hint around at it. It's because it creates conversation and they love it. They love it. I mean, LeBron James probably thinks I'm in the same kind of, you know, conversation as Michael Jordan and some of the greats. Steph Curry thinks that, like, you know, it goes back and forth. So I think 100% that there can be two goats. There can be three. Some people say Kobe Bryant. Some people make the argument. Some people throw Kareem, you know, Kareem in there is the greatest. There are different generations with different superstars and goats. I think you need to be fluid in that situation. The people that say Michael Jordan's the GOAT, and always will be, there's nothing anyone can do about it. Isn't that boring? Doesn't that mean there's like, doesn't that mean there's like no looking forward to anybody else that plays? I want to tell those fans like, so you hope that we don't get greatness in the future again. You hope that we don't see somebody uh, do what Michael did again because it was fun to watch. You, You hope that it just stays the same guy for eternity. Because that's boring. That's boring. Okay? and It is whether you want to admit it or not. It's boring. We have LeBron James, and he creates that debate. And honestly, Michael Jordan fans need LeBron. Because without LeBron, they would have nothing to debate. And they're so fortunate because they get to see LeBron play. But I'm not going to be married to LeBron in the sense of, oh, in <laughs> 10 years, I'm still holding on. LeBron's the greatest to ever do it. No, there's going to be somebody else. LeBron will always be the all-time leading scorer. But I believe in looking at who's playing now and what personality now and what dominance somebody in 10 years gives us now than, you know, looking back. Because looking back is great. It is. Remember the legends. You know, they had the all-time 75 players. We had that ceremony for them. Looking back is great to see who came before. But in basketball, it's it's just very interesting how people hold on to what they saw and then try and force people to believe that this is the right person to, you know, say is the greatest. Because in 10 years, there'll be somebody else that we're saying is the greatest. We'll be debating him against LeBron and Jordan. We just will. <laughs> There's a 6'11 kid in Europe going to get drafted, I believe, in, uh, this coming year. Uh, seven foot maybe, who can dribble like Durant, sink threes like Curry, has a crazy fadeaway game, post-up game, can dunk like LeBron, rebound, 
move great, and he's coming into the league. Who's to say he's not going to break every record? It would be boring to hold on to who is the GOAT and who's not the GOAT. It would be boring. That's like saying in 15 years, uh, Tom Brady, we're still going to yell and scream about him being the GOAT. And, you know, it's a valid argument for that decade. But don't you think kids that are 10, 11, 13, 12, 13 now, they're watching Patrick Mahomes do this? And yeah, Tom Brady was great. He was more so of an older quarterback, but we're watching Mahomes do this. And we're watching Mahomes in five years go to three Super Bowls. So they, so you, you see how it just changes? It flips. It, it's always flipping. And I think if you just continually look back and you're continually holding on to the past and what was, you're not enjoying what you're seeing. That's the way I view it. That's like Super Bowls. My, my viewpoint is Super Bowls. Super Bowls are great. But I like seeing a team dominate. I do. Because whether anybody wants to admit it or not, we all need a villain. We all need somebody uh, to look to to beat. Uh, whether it's the Chiefs being there five years in a row. Whether it's uh, the Bills that would get there five years in a row. Burrow getting there five years in a row. We all secretly need that team. For as much as we hated the Patriots and we hated... You know, them knocking our teams out every other year. We needed them. We needed the Patriots. We needed it. Whether you want to admit it or not, you need somebody to root against. All right? And it's like, you know, you watch teams like the Steelers who put together a couple Super Bowls and have kind of a mini dynasty. Those are fun. Those are fun. And I love those. I I would rather have a team. It's kind of looking back. It I would, like when the Bills were in the Super Bowl back in the, you know, Early 90s, throughout the 90s, went there four times in a row, couldn't win. If they would have won a couple of them, I would have loved that. And some people would have been like, oh gosh, the Bills there again, are you kidding me? But there was that always that sense of, my team maybe could beat them. you know. But the Bills ended up losing, so it didn't really do much, them being there. But how I feel about it is, to me... Uh, let's just say <laughs> the Detroit Lions went up against the Jags. Yeah, it'd be great for each fan base. The ratings would suck. The Super Bowl would somewhat be boring. And unless they have a playmaker like a Mahomes and Allen or a Burrow, <laughs> uh, Lamar Jackson, it'd be boring. Not for those fans. Trust me, the fans would love it. The Bears fan, or you know, the Lions fans would love it. <laughs> they they would all love it. The Jags fans would love it. It'd be great. But wouldn't it be better to see the Jags do it a few years in a row and be dominant in the AFC? Wouldn't that be even more fun for Jags fans? I don't I, I like when I like when teams are consistently good. Okay, I don't like one hit wonders. I don't like the Rams. I don't like how they did it, how they were there one year. Yes, you got a Super Bowl. Can't take that away. But don't you want to prolong that success? Don't you want that success to go far? And now look, the Rams I mean, they suck. Yeah, they got great players, but they got no picks. Once they all retire, once these older players are gone, welcome back to square one. So the 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 idea that you get a young quarterback, build it around him in his rookie deal, I love that. I love that. That sets you up for a few years of success. Look, and the Patriots were kind of overkill. I admit that. Them going that many times and winning that many, that's overkill. But I don't mind these dynasties where they're five, six years. Or, hey, this team is great right now. Because the fans, they get their fill of it. 
It'd be boring for Jags fans to have one year, and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, remember that year when the Jags were in it? <laughs> well, you know, five years down the line, look, they suck. They're back to being the Jags. No, no, you want a couple good years as Jags fans. I want a few good years as a Commanders fan if we get good. I don't want them to win one Super Bowl and be done. Oh, look at Aaron Rodgers. Everyone criticizes them now. They won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. That's why I've said this Super Bowl for Patrick Mahomes to win is 10 times more important. 10 times more important than if the Eagles win. Because this is to solidify a somewhat of a dynasty. The next couple wins of a Super Bowl would be that. So, greatness, we want to see it. And I'm sick of everyone saying we want to not see greatness. We want to see mediocre. Enjoy what you're watching. Don't hold on to the past because you hold on to the past, you're just going to be disappointed in the future. Oh my gosh. Speaking of the future and the future of all these NBA teams with all these trades that have happened, I don't even know where to start with these trades. This has been one of the most... I. I think it's been one of the most active trades with big names I've seen in a long time. I mean, you start with Russell Westbrook. I mean, the guy is going to the Jazz, all right? Um, I, I think, you know, he got a lot of hate. He got a lot of hate. Now, there could be a buyout happen where the Jazz are just going to buy him out. He Nobody wants anything to do with him. But to be honest... <laughs> I think I think Russell Westbrook got a lot of hate. And it's because he was put on a huge stage and he was expected to do so much. So, the, you know, Russell Westbrook is pretty much he's he's going to the the Jazz and it's funny because D'Angelo Russell who the Lakers drafted, you know, and shipped out and traded, he's coming right back uh, with Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Gerard Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Oh, excuse me. So, you know, it's including Mike Conley and some picks to the Timberwolves, Wasada, yada, yada. They finally, the, the Lakers gave up their 2027 first-round pick uh, to the Jazz, so they got out of that. And I think the Lakers did improve. So it's going to be just very interesting to see what happens with the Lakers. But also what's funny is, right as that happens, right as that happens, we have, <laughs> well, before that happened, Kyrie came. Kyrie Irving came to the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks, you know, they gave up Spencer Dinwiddie, um, some some key players to the Nets. Definitely lost some depth in their lineup. But Kyrie Irving is on the Mavericks. Okay, that happened. (laughs) Then it, you know, kind of finished off with Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns still have all their stars, too. Let, Let me remind you. He's going to a stacked team. And the the Brooklyn Nets, you know, scenario is a failure. The Brooklyn Nets experiment with Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, the greatest offensive showing, is a failure. I never picked them. You can listen back to all my podcasts if you like. I never picked them. You know why? Because it's Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. James Harden was smart enough to get out when he did and get to Philly. Uh, Kyrie Irving, you had the vaccination thing, you had him not showing up to work, you had him, you know, taking time off, uh, 
distraction after distraction after distraction with Kyrie Irving. They finally moved off of him. And, you know, Kyrie Irving actually made a good business decision because they weren't going to resign him uh, to any longer than, you know, to the deal he wanted. They probably would have gave him a couple years, but he wanted the, you know, the max at four years. And the Nets just weren't going to do it. So, you know, he said, just trade me. And so they trade him. Well, now I'm, even though that was a good business, business decision, excuse me, I don't believe the Mavericks made a good decision because when it comes to the Mavericks, you're taking a huge gamble. You gave up depth and some picks. And I get it. Maybe the Mavericks feel like they're in a win-now scenario, but actually the Mavericks are probably fuming today because Kevin Durant went to the Suns. Suns have a super team now. Kevin Durant. Yeah, got Chris Paul, point guard. Devin Booker, shooting guard. Kevin Durant, small forward. You got DeAndre Ayton, who can, I believe, switch from the four to the five pretty easily he can go from power forward to center uh but he's the center then you got whoever at power forward i I don't know maybe jay crowder i don't know but regardless i don't even know if he's still on the suns actually regardless you have a stacked team and it's funny because the mavericks (laughs) thought all right now we're bolstered up with luca and kyrie irving but kyrie irving hasn't played with luca yet we don't know what it's going to be like D'Angelo Russell is coming back to the Lakers, and that's going to be decent. I think they have a better point guard now with an assist and, you know, not turning it over so much and hitting the three. You know, he can make jumpers. He can make the three ball uh, way better than Russell Westbrook could. So I think the Lakers improved, and they didn't have to give up both picks. So I think that's a win-win. That's a compromise. It's so funny. After all these teams, the Lakers, Mavericks, are like, all right, we're feeling way better. Kevin Durant pops up to the Suns. Yeah. So, all in all, Kevin Durant comes to the Suns, bolsters them, and now these teams in the West are like, well, shoot. (laughs) The East is loving it. Giannis loves this. The Heat love it. These teams are loving it in the East. They're like, well, shoot. Awesome. Let's roll. The East has gotten weaker. The West has gotten stronger. And really, within the West now, it's going to be even more competitive than it has been in the past, in the last few years. And... The Warriors are still good. Right now, this is pretty much amazing. The West is for the taking. It's for the taking. I think the Lakers have a good shot now that they have Russell. If AD could just play a little better with LeBron, LeBron is giving his all this year. He just is, and I love it. D'Angelo Russell is going to play well. Uh, Chris Paul's got another weapon there in Phoenix. He'll be able to pass the ball very well to Kevin Durant work on they're gonna have great pick and rolls Devin Booker can hit any shot on the floor DeAndre Ayton maybe this will re-energize him make him want to stay in Phoenix to get a ring they've been so close before and Kyrie Irving and Luka if they can figure it out you never know but Kyrie Irving could leave this is why I don't agree with that decision from the Mavericks Kyrie Irving could leave this offseason and go to the Lakers that is a real possibility there's a real possibility. Put D'Angelo Russell, you know, at the two, shooting guard. Throw Kyrie Irving in there. You got LeBron. You got AD and whoever, Thomas Bryant at center. That's a great team. The NBA is really picking up steam. So we're going to be talking about the NBA more and more and more in the podcast. So I love it. It's going to be great for the league. It was great seeing LeBron James break the record and take over from Kareem. I'm glad Kareem was there, even though they'd had their differences. I'm I'm glad about that. So, you know, time for my highs and lows of the week. I mean, 
I dropped out in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my now. That means you haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. And it's time for my highs and lows of the week. And uh, pretty self-explanatory, my high of the week. I mean, this, this is pretty much what we talked about is LeBron James passing Kareem. Not news here for my high of the week, making history. I'm so glad I got to see it. One of the great players of our generation, his family was there, all the superstars. Everyone came out to see it. So, love it. That was definitely my high of the week and my low of the week. Uh, super excited, grateful for the opportunity. Um, really feel wanted, and, and I know that they had to give up some pieces for me to get here, so I don't take that for granted. Um, shout out to Mr. Cuban. Shout out to the whole entire front office uh, at the Dallas organization. Um, you know, I've been here for about 48 hours or a little bit more than that, and uh, it's been nothing but a warm embrace and nothing but genuine love. So I'm just taking it one minute at a time and uh, just focus on what I can control, which is how I prepare and uh, just coming in every single day and being consistent. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to use this opportunity to just talk about the business that we're in. It's, it's uh, As a player, it's very emotional because you build – lifelong relationships and you want to hold on to them and it's a brotherhood it's a sisterhood we all love each other in in unconditional ways when we want to see each other do well so um you know the reporting and and the journalism um that was going to come out of why i left i I knew that was going to be speculation um you know but for me personally um you know just sitting in the seat today i I just know i want to be places where i'm celebrated uh and not just tolerated or, or or just um you know, kind of dealt with in a way that doesn't make me feel respected. Um, and there were times throughout this process when I was in Brooklyn where I felt very disrespected and my talent, uh, I work extremely hard at what I do. No one ever talks about my work ethic, though. Everyone talks about what I'm doing off the floor. So um, I just want to change that narrative and write my own story and just continue to prepare in the gym. And now that I'm in Dallas, just focus on what I can control, like I said. And, um, you know, I'm always going to be close with those guys in Brooklyn, just like I'm close with the guys in Boston, just like I'm close to the guys in Cleveland. Um, you know, it is a team competitive sport, but we care about each other's families way more off the court. So um, I know those ex- the relationships will extend off. Um, I'm just focused on preparing to win. Uh, I think that's another uh, day where, you know, so that's Kyrie Irving talking. And that's my low of the week, because even though you listen to that interview and there are some good things you can glean from it and not just to sit here and harp on Kyrie Irving. Because the guy is an amazing talent. But, you know, later in section in that interview, go go listen to it. He says, I did my job. Those guys are sitting good. You know, and he talked about being disrespected. There was a lot that was said about Kyrie Irving. And I have to agree, there was times where it came off that he didn't care. And that's on him. That's on him. And I think he's trying his best to be humble here, but he needs to own up to a little bit. It was on him, a lot of it. You know, he didn't get vaccinated. He he, there's reports and about him splitting up the team and doing all these things. Again, we don't know because we're not in the organization. I'm not sitting here just trying to harp on him. But that was my low of the week. I feel like he could have taken a little more accountability for, you know, what happened in Brooklyn. But it doesn't matter now because Kevin Durant's off of Brooklyn and Kevin Durant's on the Suns and. Uh, 
all these guys, it was never going to work because I just don't think there is a leader among them. I don't think Kyrie Irving's a leader of a team. I don't think Kevin Durant's a leader of a team. I don't think James Harden was a leader of a team. I just think all these guys got together and thought the offense would carry everything over and it would fix everything. All in all, <laughs> we never got to see what, what, what came of it. So it was probably one of the bigger letdowns in NBA history, I'd have to say at least. So anyway, that's my highs and lows of the week. A pretty NBA-driven podcast today, but it's Super Bowl week. That's right, this Sunday, Eagles-Chiefs going at it. It's been called many things. been called the Kelsey Bowl, Andy Reid facing his old team. <laughs> uh, historic because we have two black quarterbacks uh, in the Super Bowl for the very first time in NFL history, so that is very exciting, very. Uh, can't wait to watch it. I have to give my predictions because I've put it off a little bit. These teams are evenly matched. If we're going to talk run game, the Eagles have the upper hand, clearly. They have the better O-line as well. They also have a pretty good defense. Yeah. I also got playmakers on the field, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. <laughs> Sanders can run the ball great. You know, they have a great run game. You look at them, they have a more complete team. And the Chiefs, they match up well with weapons too. So all in all, I think these teams are pretty even. The O-line's better on the Chiefs than it was. Defense can play great, not not better than Philly, I don't think. But this game is going to be very interesting to see because I don't think the Eagles have faced a team like the Chiefs this year. They had an easier schedule, and I know we people will say, well, but it matters if you have an easier schedule and you haven't faced a team on the Chiefs' caliber. These teams are evenly matched in a lot of ways, but there's one key factor, and that's Mahomes on the quarterback side. Because it comes down, quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts versus Mahomes. And don't get me wrong, I love what Jalen Hurts has done this year. And I think he's a talent. I think he's going to be great in the years to come. He's definitely going to get paid. The Eagles are going to have to fork over money to pay him. But Mahomes, and we've seen this throughout the five years, he's on another level. He is. He's on another level. Like we talked about earlier, kids of this generation are going to grow up and they're going to say Mahomes is the GOAT. So... <laughs> He's on another level. He he plays amazing even when he's injured. I don't have a horse in this race, so I really don't, you know, out of these two teams care who wins. I just want a good game. I want a good game. I don't want a blowout either way. It just gets boring. I need a close game. And I know fans of those teams don't want to hear that, but I need a close game. I think it's going to come down to quarterbacks. I think that matters. I think the Chiefs are going to get the win. I just do. I think I think because of Mahomes. It comes down to your quarterback. It comes down if they can make the throw or play. If the Chiefs are able to stop the run game, which I believe if they focus on the run, that's what they'll do. They'll let Jalen Hurts. This is going to be a passing game. I think you're not going to get much running. I just don't. I think despite what everyone says about the run game and the line, I don't think that's going to happen. The offensive line is just going to say, hey, we're protecting Jalen Hurts. We're not going to try and run it because they're just going to focus in on the run. They're going to try and blitz, stop the run. So we're going to have to pass it. And that's when the Chiefs are more successful in the league. They want you to be in those situations. They're going to play right into what the Chiefs want. The Chiefs want a high-scoring game, both teams you know, trying to get more points. They want that because they believe they will get that point first. If they if they have a chance, I believe the Chiefs should take the ball first. Who, whichever, take the ball first. Whoever scores that first touchdown, if you're in a shootout and you can both score, this game's going to be incredible. 
because I believe 100% the Chiefs want that game to happen on the passing because they believe they have the better quarterback, and I think they do. They have the better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. And it's not saying Jalen Hurts is a bad quarterback. This guy's in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts has an amazing story. But there is more impact on this with the Chiefs than the Eagles. Eagles lose. They're playing with, technically, they're playing with house money because, you know, they haven't been there in a long time since, I think, 2017, 2018 was the last time. And they did beat the Eagles. Excuse me. The Eagles beat the Patriots. So you, you can't look at them as not being good for a while. But, the, you know, they've, they've pivoted and they've, they've been really good in making changes and getting back there. And Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. He's going to be their future. And I love it. He, he is pretty much a tough guy. And I think he can make it in Philly with that, those fan base, that fan base. But this game isn't in Philly. They don't have that fan base. This is in, you know, Arizona, Arizona Cardinals Stadium. It is going to be a big game. And if you haven't been here before, the interviews, the halftime show, everything's a little bit longer. And trust me, this stuff matters. It does. You know, Nick Sirianni, he's been there on a staff, but he hasn't been the head coach. This stuff matters. These players, they get used to their fan bases and they get used to the noise and the loudness and the chaos. And that's, you know, they're like, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to thrive. But when it's this, it's quieter. It's you versus them. You gotta make the plays. Mahomes, they've been here. They know what it's like. They have the advantage when it comes to that. And I don't I don't like any one that says, oh, all that stuff doesn't matter. No, it matters. The spotlight is on you the entire week. You know, LeBron that he got the record, these trades that went down from this day on. Sports media, all the talk shows, they're out there. It is all on you going to be a great game. I got the Chiefs winning <laughs> 31 to 27. It's going to be a great game. Chiefs win. Uh, that's my prediction. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, each week, catch the podcast, pass it to Patrick, follow me on all my social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, subscribe, leave a review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts and have a good one.